This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that proves history waits for no one. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're talking about the time Napoleon Bonaparte made an ill-fated trip to Moscow. The day was September 14th, 1812. Fresh from his victory over Russian forces at the Battle of Borodino, Napoleon Bonaparte and his Grande Armée marched triumphantly into the city of Moscow. To their surprise, the city was deserted. Normally home to 275,000 Russian citizens, only a few thousand, about 2%, remained when Napoleon made his not-so-grand entrance. The people weren't the only thing missing, either. The city had been swept of food and supplies, leaving little reward for the tired and hungry French soldiers who now occupied an abandoned city. This disappointing situation got even worse for Napoleon when, just after midnight, fires erupted across the city, the handiwork of the remaining Russians who would have rather seen their city burn than fall under the rule of their enemy. One day earlier, high-ranking Russian officials had held a meeting just outside of Moscow. They debated whether to step aside and allow Napoleon to enter the city or to mount a stand against him. It was not an easy decision. Losing the city would, of course, be a disgrace, but an attempt to defend it would almost certainly fail. The Russian army had just lost about 45,000 soldiers during the Battle of Borodino one week earlier. The remaining troops were exhausted, demoralized, and in no shape to fight again so soon. With all of this in mind, Russia's commander-in-chief, General Mikhail Kutuzov, made the difficult decision to order a strategic retreat. He wrote a consoling letter to Emperor Alexander I, saying, Your Majesty, Napoleon entering Moscow does not mean him conquering Russia yet. Kutuzov was right, but Napoleon was inching closer to that goal. At the time, the French emperor was at the height of his power. His European empire was expanding by the day, with Britain being the only real holdout. Napoleon knew that if Russia were to join his continental blockade, Britain would be economically isolated and would have no choice but to submit to his rule. But when this plan was presented to Alexander I, the Russian Tsar adamantly refused. In retaliation, Napoleon ordered his Grand Armée into Russia on June 24, 1812. At the time, it was the largest European military ever assembled, featuring more than 500,000 soldiers and staff. He had expected to steamroll the Russian army, but rather than surrender, Russian forces just kept fleeing deeper and deeper into their own territory. The retreating Russians made a point to either seize or burn any supplies that might otherwise fall into French hands. They knew that Napoleon's supply lines would be overextended the deeper they went into Russian territory. Eventually, though, 
the Russian public grew tired of their army's perpetual retreat. Under immense pressure, General Kutuzov finally agreed to face the French head-on at the town of Borodino, about 70 miles west of Moscow. And as I mentioned earlier, it did not go well for the Russians, who were compelled to give up Moscow and retreat yet again. Napoleon wasn't pleased with how the Russian campaign had gone so far, but he still believed that storming Moscow would force Alexander I to surrender and join his blockade. But when he marched into a mostly deserted city on September 14th, he probably started to have some doubts. At first, Napoleon took up residence in a house on the edge of the city. Then, when news came that a fire had broken out, he moved to the Kremlin, where he could better monitor the situation. But soon, a fire broke out in the Kremlin, too, supposedly started by a Russian officer who was immediately caught and killed. With the flames spreading out of control, Napoleon and his forces fled through the burning city streets, nearly choking to death in the process. The fires continued for the next three days, and when they were finally out, more than two-thirds of Moscow was gone. Despite the poor outcome of his invasion, Napoleon still held out hope that Alexander would agree to join forces. He wrote to the Russian Tsar three times proposing peace, but his requests were ignored. For his part, Alexander I said the burning of Moscow had, quote, illuminated his soul, and that he would never negotiate peace with Napoleon. After a month spent waiting in a burned-out city, Napoleon was forced to accept that no surrender was coming. He reluctantly led his starving army back along the war-torn route by which they had come to Moscow. On the long road back to Paris, Napoleon's army was attacked again and again by Russian forces. A lack of food and the sub-zero temperatures of a Russian winter also took their toll. At last, in mid-December, the Grande Armée finally made it out of Russia. Over the course of their unsuccessful coup, the 500,000-strong army had dwindled to less than 100,000. General Kutuzov's gamble had paid off, and Napoleon's humiliating failure in Russia marked the beginning of the end of his empire. Two years later, a coalition of European armies defeated his remaining forces and exiled the former emperor to the island of Elba. In 1815, Napoleon mounted a short-lived comeback, escaping to France and raising a new army. Once again, though, an allied force fought back and put an end to his reign for good at the Battle of Waterloo in June of that year. This time, Napoleon was exiled to the even more remote island of St. Helena, where he remained until his death six years later. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you have any comments or suggestions, you can send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks as always to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.